Final score here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Boise State 24 and BYU 7. Cougs' uh, losing streak goes from four to five games. Mark? We got the Ken Garf keys to the game. You bring them to us pregame and postgame. They're brought to us by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen. Proud supporters of the BYU Cougars and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs and we hear Mark recap our keys to the game. Make Boise State earn their points. Force long drives. Don't give anything cheap. You know, punt returns. Uh, BYU is pretty good at that, uh, except for uh, a short field. Uh, secondly. Do some ripping on ripping. That didn't happen. Uh, they just didn't get enough pressure on him. Uh, no sacks. No yeah, sacks. No sacks. Didn't force him into too many early throws. So uh, protect the quarterback. I thought BYU did a pretty decent job, and uh, Tanner moved much better than I expected him to. He was able to get out of the pocket a couple times to get away, but uh, late in the fourth quarter, the pressure was getting to him. And then cut it loose. Get some kicks and Broncos. And uh, they started out in a pretty good way. Got that early lead, but uh, I think Boise State figured it out by the second quarter what they wanted to do and were able to do it pretty easily. Well, BYU another double-digit deficit in average starting field position, minus 14 yards tonight. They're in a a stretch right now. These last five games, these five losses, where they are not even in in the same vicinity in average starting field position. Far too great and a disadvantage every game. They're minus 14 tonight, minus one in turnover margin, and the third down number, uh, 8 of 15 compared to 5 of 14. So, again, the big three stats that BYU loses handily and loses the game handily as a result. If you win all three of those stats, you're going to win the game. If you win two, you're probably going to win. If you win one, you might have a shot. If you don't win any, you're not winning the game. That's it works with those stats. Let's take a look at stats. Mark, well, sorry, go ahead. Eight times in their drives tonight, they started inside the 25-yard line. Inside and, their own 25. Yeah, inside their own 25-yard line. And so, uh, yeah, that, that really does uh, put you in a position that you have a long way to go. BYU's average starting field position tonight was its own 27. Boise was its own 41. That's a 14-yard differential, and that creates a lot of hidden yards. And hidden yards, when added to the raw yardage, make up for a sizable number in Boise's favor. The total offense number for Boise overall is modest. 300 right on the number. 158 rush, 142 pass. BYU, 238 in total offense. 66 rush, 172 pass. This is after a 210 rushing, a 210 yard rushing day at Logan, so BYU went backward there. Penalties not a factor tonight, except for how and when they came and what they did to BYU. Three penalties, 35 yards, only two really, really mattered, and those were plays that uh, took away a long gainer and took away a key third down conversion when it was still a game early in this game. First downs, Boise 19 and BYU 12. Third down conversion, Boise was uh, 8 of 15. For 53%, and BYU was 5 for 14 for 36%. BYU, one of the best third down teams in the country last year, and one of the most struggling teams on third down this year. BYU's yet to be better than 42% on third downs in any game this season. Fourth downs, Boise 0 for 2, BYU 1 of 4. Total plays, BYU got to 60. Another low play day for BYU. Broncos run 67, BYU 60. A modest 4 yards per play for BYU. 4.5 for Boise. And not a lot of big plays in this game. Yeah. The long run for Boise was 15 yards. The long pass was 24. The long run for BYU was 9. The long pass was 24. This was not a big play day for either team. Possession time. 
BYU 27-39 and Boise 32-21. So a BYU team that was one of the tops in the country last year in possession time has not had the possession edge in any game this season. Minus five minutes tonight. BYU minus one in turnover margin. 7-3, BYU's advantage in points off of turnovers. So again, the BYU D does its job in mitigating damage of those turnovers uh, committed by the O. Tanner Mangum, 18 for 33, a buck 64, no touchdowns, two picks, a passer rating of 84.2, less than the number he came in with, which was 96.4 coming into tonight. So uh, another rough night throwing it. Critchlow goes two for four in spot duty at the end. BYU goes 20 for 37, a buck 72, 12 consecutive games against FBS foes without a 200-yard passing game. Ula Tolutau, 9 carries, 38 yards to lead BYU. He had the one touchdown. Matt Bushman, 7 for 65 to lead BYU through the air. Boise State, Rippin, 12 for 19, a buck 25, touchdown and a pick. Passer rating of 125.3. Montel Cozart, 1 for 1 for 17 yards. Alex Madison came, yeah. into, came into tonight on 166 rush yards for the season. He had 118 in this game yeah. and led the Broncos. Cedric Wilson, 3 for 43 through the air to pace BSU well, uh, in the pass game. That run game with uh, Madison being able to be so successful on first and second down really played into Boise State's offensive attack in that whole second half. They only punted one time in the second half, so they did give it up on downs, but uh, it really did give them uh, an opportunity to just do whatever they wanted because they were running so well on first and second down with Madison. BYU scored first uh, 7-0, and it was 7-0 after one. It was 17-7 Boise after two as the Broncos shut out BYU 17-0 in the second quarter. That was our halftime score and just one touchdown mark in the second half. Yeah, let me tell you about it. With uh, 14-18 left to go, Boise State drove 82 yards for the touchdown. It was a two-yard run by Alexander Hamilton. Oh, no, Madison, that's right. Alexander Madison, PAT, was good by Hayden Hogarth, and then that made it 24-7. to And uh, BYU really didn't threaten very well in the second half. They uh, just got past the 50-yard line twice and uh, one time gave it up on downs and one time the interception. 24-7, to Broncos over the Cougars, our final score. Post-game coverage coming up next, podium and headset. That is next as we take a break from Lavelle Edwards Stadium where the Broncos beat the Cougs by 17, 24-7 here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Your final score tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 24-7 Boise State, handing the BYU Cougars their fifth loss in a row. BYU now 1-5 and five on the season. 
Coming up during Cougar Post and Post Game Live, we'll hopefully be able to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, when he steps to the podium in the post game press conference room. We will get down and let you hear some of his comments. But looking back on the game tonight, obviously, a lot of the things that we've talked about over the last five weeks are things that we'll talk about again tonight. Turnovers, two interceptions on the evening for the BYU offense. The offense just could not sustain drives. Certainly the very first offensive possession for BYU. Uh, things went well. BYU had the 7 nothing lead. Uh, but beyond that, the offense just could not sustain those drives, which then had all the pressure fall on the defense who were on the field for the long stretches. And as, as we've seen, uh, as good as the defense has shown us to be this year, when you're on the field for that long, you just start to wear down. And we saw uh, in that, uh, that second quarter where Boise State was able to score 17 of the 24 points and just, uh, just too much for BYU to overcome. Uh, they will uh, get back to work and be able to travel on the road next week to take on Mississippi State. That's a game that will uh, get underway much earlier than we are used to on a Saturday. That is a 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon Eastern kickoff, which means we will have pregame coverage at uh, 8 a.m. Mountain Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's update you on the one other college football game uh, that took place tonight. It was at UConn. It was Memphis. Listen to this score. The Memphis Tigers go on the road and win at UConn by a final of 70-31. to 31. Listen to this line. Riley Ferguson, quarterback of the Memphis Tigers, 34 of 48 for 431 yards to go along with seven touchdowns. It was all Memphis in this one. They score seven points. As a matter of fact, they were actually trailing in this game in the first quarter. UConn had a 14 to 7 lead, but then in the second quarter, they scored 28 points, third quarter, 21 points, and in the fourth quarter, 14. Uh, no games tonight in the top 25. All of the top 25 games uh, are tomorrow. In fact, your early games that will get underway at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Number two, Clemson hosting Wake Forest. Also, Iowa State will travel to Norman to take on number three, Oklahoma. Number four, Penn State will travel to Northwestern. That's another 10 a.m. Mountain Time start. Also early, number five, Georgia at Vanderbilt. It's number 12, Auburn hosting Ole Miss. Number 23, West Virginia on the road at number eight, TCU. At 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 13th ranked Miami on the road at Florida State. Notre Dame, 21st in the country, will take on North Carolina at North Carolina. LSU falling out of the top 25 because of losses over the last couple of weeks. We'll go on the road and face number 21, Florida, in Gainesville at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Number 10, Ohio State will host Maryland. It's Oregon State at number 14, USC. The number one team in college football, Alabama, will take on Texas A&M on the road. At 5.15 Mountain Time, number 16, Virginia Tech, will face Boston College. It's Michigan State at number 7, Michigan. That will be an entertaining game, most likely. Number 9, Wisconsin, on the road at Nebraska. Number 11, Washington State will take on Oregon. UCF, Central Florida, 25th in the country, on the road at Cincinnati. 
Number 20, Utah, hosting Stanford. Then your late games, 845 Mountain Time, Cal at number 6, Washington. And number 19, San Diego State, will take on UNLV in Las Vegas, also at 8.45 p.m. Mountain Time. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at postum.com. Coming up, hopefully we'll be able to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake. Cougar Postum Postgame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Post and Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you. Your final score from Lavelle Edwards Stadium tonight, 24-7. Boise State defeats the BYU Cougars. Let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Welcome back in. BYU drops their fifth game in a row. They'll be on the road for the next two weeks out east. The BYU Cougars will take on Mississippi State next Saturday. Again, that is an early start on Saturday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, noon Eastern kickoff. So an early pregame at 8 a.m. Mountain Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Now coming up tomorrow, there are quite a few teams on campus in action. The BYU softball team will be hosting Boise State in a doubleheader at noon at Miller Park. Also, number eight, women's volleyball on the road at Pacific tomorrow. That game can be seen on the W.TV, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Mountain. Women's volleyball coming off a very impressive five-set win at St. Mary's on Thursday night. The Cougars found themselves down 0-2 and then won three straight sets to defeat the Gales on the road. Also, tomorrow evening, women's soccer will be hosting St. Mary's at Southfield. You can hear the match right here on BYU Radio or you can watch on BYU TV. The match will get underway at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Radio pregame will begin at 8.30 Eastern 6.30 Mountain Time. Let's update you on what's going on tonight in Major League Baseball's postseason. There is still one game going on. It is in Los Angeles. It's the National League Divisional Series Game 1 between the Dodgers and the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are heading to the top of the ninth inning in Southern California, and the Dodgers have a five-run lead by a score of 9-4. to four. Everything else in Major League Baseball's postseason is in the books. The other National League Divisional Series game was played in Washington. The Cubs defeating the Nationals by a final of 3 to nothing. Houston Astros take a 2 to nothing series lead over the Boston Red Sox. Astros winning at home today, going away 8-2, to your final score from Houston. And the most entertaining game of the day was played in Cleveland. It went into extra innings, and the Cleveland Indians win this one 9-8. to At one point, the Yankees led the Indians 8-3, to but the Indians came all the way back, tied it at 8. It was 8-8. For several innings, but then in the bottom of the 13th, the innings pull ahead. They win by a run, 9-8, and they also now take a 2-0 series lead over the Yankees as that series shifts back to 
New York. And for all of you uh, soccer fans, and uh, at this point I'm assuming most of you know the score, or if you were holding off and wanting to maybe watch it later, you've probably had an opportunity by now. If you don't want to know what happened with Team USA, I'll give you a, a spoiler alert in three Two, one. Obviously, a big match for the World Cup qualifying for the United States as they took on Panama. It was all USA tonight as the United States defeats Panama by a final score of four to nothing. All right, we're going to take one more timeout. Hopefully, we'll hear from head coach Kalani Sataki coming up on the other side. If not, we'll wrap things up and we'll let you possibly hear from him in the Cougar locker room show or for sure during uh, the Cougar post-game coaches show with Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons. Post-game, post, excuse me, has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at postum.com. We'll have more of Cougar Postum post-game live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Post Game Live. Sets the throw, goes for the end zone, got a man, it's a touchdown! This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post and Post Game Live. My name is Jason Shepard, your final tonight from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU drops its fifth game in a row. They fall to 1-5 and five on the season. They lose to the Boise State Broncos 24-7. to seven. Tanner Mangum, 18 for 33, 164 yards, two INTs as he did make the start after missing the last four weeks with an ankle injury. The other major storyline from the game tonight, uh, besides the final result, is the fact that Joe Critchlow, uh, the red shirt came off, and he actually got in on the final drive of the game with about two minutes to go. He ended up with uh, a final stat line of two for four for eight yards. It will be interesting to hear uh, what uh, head coach Kalani Sataki has to say about uh, the role of Joe Critchlow moving forward. Again, BYU on the road next week at Mississippi State, Saturday morning, 8 a.m. pregame show, 10 a.m. kickoff at Mississippi State. That's going to do it for Cougar Postum Postgame Live. Your final score, 24-7. to Boise State defeating the BYU Cougars. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Touchdown! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Boise State 24, BYU 7. Kalani Sataki has just begun his postgame comments down in the press conference room. We're just trying to find some momentum and trying to get some positive yards. Um, obviously, you see Tanner's limping around a little bit and just wanted to see uh, what Joe could do. And so uh, at that point, we just wanted to try to, get, try to get a spark going. And so that's pretty much all it is. Overall, how do you feel Tanner did in his first start in a month? Because he, it looked like he started out pretty well. Yeah, I don't know what it was in the first quarter, but it seemed like he was connecting on all his throws, and uh, things are going really well, you know. And um, and then uh, as the game went went along, we we're making bad reads, and obviously the the interceptions didn't didn't help, you know. And um, I believe the first one was on, I think I think we we're midfield, and. Um, I just have to watch the film. I don't know if he was being uh, predictable with his eyes or what the issues were, but uh, I thought we had some good, uh, some open guys downfield, and he threw it to the wrong guy. And they they picked it, and uh, the second one, I believe, 
was kind of the same thing, just bad reads. And so not really going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> just not good enough. Your offense has only been able to put up, what, I think, 40 points in the last five games. Mm-hmm. Do you lose confidence in it? Is it a player thing? What, 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 what do you look at at this point? At everything. That's, I mean, that's easiest way to answer that question, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we felt like we were doing some positive things, and then uh, right now it's the consistency, and whatever the reason is, we've got to fix it. And this is uh, not good. So, yeah, you mentioned the points, and, you know, we really don't have a chance uh, chance to play if, if um, we're that um, productive on offense. Doesn't really help. It doesn't help us out. So, it seems like a team right now that runs into adversity and doesn't know how to respond. Last week with Bo going down, mm-hmm. struggled after that point. Got that penalty. You guys were up and had the ball and penalty and a bad front. And, and once Boise State started rolling, didn't seem to respond. Is that something that can be taught? Is that something that's kind of inherent with the team? How do you, how do you deal with adversity? Yeah, I mean it's it's. it's <laughs> You can you can respond from adversity and you can get back on the right track and I mean the goal is try to turn this thing you know and, and so um, that, that's what we're going to try to do and, and and it requires hard work and um, and some some really good and wise decisions and so that's what we have to do and that's from the coaches and the players and we're really focused on getting to work I mean I'm I'm anxious to get to work on it right now and trying to get this fixed and so this is not uh, what we. Uh, this is not what we thought it would be, definitely this season and and uh, definitely this, the, tonight. You know, so um, yeah, we work on everything. That's uh, that's the easiest way to answer that question. What was the mood of the locker room tonight compared to the other games earlier this season? Uh, similar. I mean, I, I, no one's going to quit. I think that you look at effort wise. I mean, the um, defense was just getting pretty much a ball run, run on them uh, in the second half a little bit more than than before, and I think Boise is just trying to run some clock and. Um, you know, I think there was one drive that we uh, it was just a third down nightmare. You know, so um, but more. Than, I mean, just looking at our guys' efforts there, and and I mean, obviously, no one likes losing this many games in a row, and so um, you have to have a, a you know just a you have to be able to erase it and start a new season over right now, and uh, and and that that goes back. I mean. We don't have much time. We have an extra day, so we have eight days to prepare for the next game, and, and we need to utilize all the time to make sure that we have a better opportunity and better shot at winning next week. Third straight game where you had success early on offensively and then just things have been completely stagnant, especially in the second half. What do you feel is like uh, causing that, and what's the root of that? Yeah, I, I, if I had that figured out, I would have done it three weeks ago. You know, and so um, I... I I mean, that's that's the goal is to figure out why, and and uh, consistency is the issue. I mean, that's uh, when when you start off hot and then it it, it it tempers down. It's not good, you know. So you find a way to keep that momentum and keep it rolling. And that um, you know, we 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 started fast, and and uh, the the goal is now to sustain it and and finish strong. And we haven't been able to do that on offense. I feel like you were at a Talent deficit compared to Boise State, just lining up in trenches and overall. Um, I have to watch the film again. I mean, I, I thought they had some chunk yards. They were committed to running the ball, especially in the second half. You know, and um, I, I think they, um, you know, I, I, I think those 
I keep going back to the third, the third downs on the one drive. I, we had some mistakes that cost us. Um, I, I believe the pass was our, our post player wasn't there. So, um, and and on um, on the other plays, I think it was a, that run that kind of bounced backwards. Contained player lost contain. So there's things that we can fix there. But um, yeah, I, we have to evaluate everything, and then that's from all three phases of the ball. And then we really didn't help ourselves. You know, we felt like. Um, Talent-wise, we, we, we thought we would be strong up front. So I, I can't really answer the questions. If you look in the stats, um, you know, we weren't able to run the ball, and they were, you know. Um, but there were almost 50 rushes, you know, 47 rushes for 158 yards, and we had 23 for 66. And I think a lot of the, the our inability to run the ball in the second half is because we were playing from behind, you know. I, we, we went to the – I believe it was the last three minutes in the first half where – um, they were able to get that drive and get some points and go up by by ten, and so um, you know we we uh, from then on we were playing from behind and uh, trying to get some some things going on offense and it just wasn't working. So uh, we need to develop an identity. I know it sounds crazy mid season, but we need to have something we can hang our hat on. And I think that's uh, I think his name is Ulotolotau, you know. And there's other things we can do with the with the run game, but um, there's there's definitely a lot of room to for improvement. And, and all three phases of the ball, but the focus right now is primarily on the offense. Colin, can you talk about your linebackers coming out spoken as a strength, but with all the injuries, you've had to shuffle guys around, people people have come from different places. Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, I think that's football. You have to respond to some of the injuries, and um, you know, tonight we're without Butch and without uh, Matt Hadley, and so, uh, you know, Fred has been a... Um, He's been he's been the guy that's that's played hard every down, and he's played the most downs on our on our defense, and he's productive. I, I believe he had ten tackles tonight. And uh, when there's not, I mean, I think they had yeah we had sixty plays on offense. They had sixty seven, and um, for him to have that much production is really good. And he's playing really hard, and he's doing he's a bright spot on the defense and and that linebacking crew and. Uh, yeah, injuries part of football. You know, we next guy's got to step up. I thought Grant came in and did some good things. Um, you know, we have to go into our depth a little bit more, but that's the game of football, and I'll, I'll never use that as an excuse. Did Boise play uh, ripping more than maybe you were expecting going in? No, I, I thought they were going to play him a little bit more. I, I, I don't know what the reason was. Other than I think it was health was the main thing early in the season, and um, but I thought they I, they did what I thought they were going to do. You know, he I don't know exactly his numbers, but I thought he. Took care of the football pretty well, other than that pick. Um, and I don't know who did he throw that pick to, to Grant early, but I mean I, I think that was a really good play from Grant. But um, he was really careful with the ball from that that point on, and and, um, and we weren't. So last couple of questions. Well, I mean, Matt Bushman was kind of got up to a roll beginning in the beginning of the game. What did they do to take him away in the, the second half? Yeah, they started focusing on him a little bit more. I think it's not. Uh, it's really not that hard to know that, that he's he causes a lot of mismatches, you know. So it's where the other guys need to step up, and uh, we need to spread the ball out a little bit more, you know. And uh, Matt's a big target, and we knew going into the season that he would be a, a, a mismatch for and would work in our favor. And so when people are taking that away, the others need to be options, and we need to spread the ball out. And you can't keep forcing the ball to him, especially when they're playing against him. Last question. You mentioned who was. He was sharing the carries with Squally and Riley came in. Austin got a couple of carries. And Trey was in for a lot of the passing plays. But does that shuffling make it hard for them to get into a rhythm? Or I mean, I, there's just a lot of in and out no. there. Well, 
the overall offense production is why there's no rhythm. And that's, uh, it, I mean, we, we can't, obviously you like to run the ball more with Ula, and, um, but you, you need to have more production and you have to have better than what we did on third downs. You know, um, being five for 14 on third downs and one for four on fourth downs doesn't really help you. And, and so, um, and the turnovers don't help. And so in order for us to be able to generate momentum and get something clicking, we, we need to possess the ball at first downs. And then we can utilize those guys. And, and um, yeah, we'll have to re, we have to look at everything and see what we what we can really hang our hat on and who are going to be our guys that we got to go into the next game with. And, and it's just, the, the focus is going to be on trying to improve right now. And I just want to go to work and get it fixed. All right, uh, Tanner Mangum and Matt Bushman next. You're on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Boxing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Boise State 24, BYU 7, our final score. We walked into the press conference room in a walking boot. Tanner Mangum at the podium along with Matt Bushman. Tanner saying a moment ago, it's sore, but nothing I can't fight through. Tanner Mangum, Matt Bushman taking questions now. He's going up to... Decent start in the first quarter after that turnover. What changed from the second quarter on, in your opinion? I think just kind of what I just said. You know, just weren't consistent in their execution. Um, couldn't finish drives, and um, you know a lot of that just falls on me. You know, incomplete passes and um, you know, the interception I threw, and so just you know got to be able to be more consistent with you know with taking care of the ball and driving the ball down the field. We did that well, you know, first drive, but you know didn't. Didn't continue that, so I think that's what made the difference. How are you feeling when you saw that uh, Joe was going in with two minutes left? You know, Coach Demmer told me just, um, you know, I'm just trying to protect protect me. You know, keep keep the ankle healthy. Um, you know, obviously, you know, frustrating knowing that, um, you know, he didn't come out with the victory, but you know, he did a good job, did what he could. Um, but yeah, just I don't know, just really frustrating. You know, I just. I know we can compete better than that, and you know I believe in our I believe in our group, believe in our squad. So it's just it's just tough, you know, to 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 not be able to play the best of our ability. Matt, you were able to get open early on, but it seems like the opportunities weren't, weren't there late, later. Did, did they change the, the coverages throughout the game? Were you seeing different coverages from? Yeah, I mean, the first half they're just kind of. They weren't really bracketing me. Like, I was just finding openings, open spots, open spaces in the zone. I feel like in the second half, they just kind of had a linebacker drop back into the area where I was going, and they had a safety up top. So, I mean, they're still, um, I should still be able to get open. Um, but also, I mean, a couple plays, a couple big plays, we found like Michael Simon, Micah Simon for that deep ball, got called back. Um, that's just where we executed, and um, found the openings when that linebacker, the safety comes over to bracket. I mean, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, even if they're bracketing us, we should still be able to uh, find openings and make plays. Kind of this seems to be a team right now that's struggling when you hit some adversity. You've got the strong start and then some adversity came and, and had a tough time. It's kind of happened in some of the other games. How do you, how do you change how you deal with adversity in game? Uh, it's a good question. You know, I, I I think it comes down to our heart. You know, we got to you know believe in ourselves and 
and um, you know, just keep fighting. You know, it's a football game. You're gonna get down. You know, the other team's gonna have some good plays as well. So it's you know, it's nothing that we're not used to, but it's just a matter of of us, you know, having the the fight to to keep executing and to stick to our game plan and, and keep getting after it. Um, you know, but like I said, I, I believe in our guys. I know we can we can get this thing going. Um, just frustrated that we haven't haven't done it yet. Um, you know, not not the way we envisioned the season starting. You know, but that's you know just on, you know got to get a focus one game at a time. And now you know can't can't change the what's happened. Um, but we got to learn from it and, and and be able to put in the work and, and you know try and improve for next week. Which uh, and you know we're working hard. It's it's not a matter of of effort. It's not a matter of of heart. It's just a matter of. Uh, you know, execution, and I think um, you know we got to just crack down on that and um, be able to put put drives together to put points on the board and help our defense out. Any other questions for Matt? Matt, do you get the sense, just having been on the field for these games, that once things go wrong, it seems that there's almost a sense sometimes <laughs> it appears that oh no, here we go again, just because of the struggles. Do you kind of get that feel at all, or is it always? You know, do you feel confident, 100% confident out there? Or how's it oh, yeah, I feel like we're confident. We're trying. Um, we're not giving up. We have heart every time. I mean, it's just unfortunate that we can't get drives to last, try to get into the end zone, try to get field goals. But, um, no, our guys are definitely – we have confidence. Our leaders are stepping up, saying stuff to keep us motivated, keep us positive. Um, the defense does a great job every time we don't finish a drive. They go out there and play their tails off to try to keep them from scoring. I mean – it's just hard having the having to rely on the defense so much. We have to put points on the board. Hi, Blake Buchanan. Um, so, Coach Tuggy was saying he wanted to focus on changing up things in the offense. What would you say is the biggest hope that you have for the offense in that coming game in terms of changing and making things work better? Yeah. Um. I think. Um, you know, we we did some good things on the, on the running game. You know, the running game's huge. You know, if we can run the ball, it um, you know it opens opens things up in the passing game. And when when we start, you know, getting down and we kind of just have to throw every down, it makes it easier for the defense. You know, and I think the last couple of drives they started bringing pressure every play and getting, um, you know, I took some hits just because they knew we're throwing it. You know, and so it's it's easy for them to just tee off. So we got to be able to run the ball better. And we, we did some, we had some good runs. But I think we just got to be more consistent with it. Um, and so I, you know, that's that's going to be important for us moving forward is to get a good good running game going. And then uh, I think a lot of it just comes down to me, you know, being more accurate with my with my with the passes that I'm throwing. And um, you know, I, there was one a third down where Bush was running in, and I just you know threw it behind him. And I got to be better at that. There's one I, I missed Bo Tanner on a curl. Um, you know, just just. Things like that I can improve on, which would which would move the sticks, which would keep us on the field and give us a chance of getting some points on the board. So, I guess those are the things moving forward that I am looking forward to, to improving on is um, you know just being more more accurate with my throws and then um, you know establishing a more consistent run game. Any other questions, Tanner? How big of a change has it been from you know fall camp to now, with in terms of ties, play calling, the overall scheme and philosophy? How much has that changed in your opinion? Uh, it's, it's pretty similar, pretty consistent. You know, we we had the same philosophies. We, you know, we we need to con- control the run game, um, you know, control the front, and um, and then be able to throw off that. And so, you know, it's, I don't question the coaches at all. You know, I I believe in 
and everything they're doing. It's just it comes down to us executing. You know, it's not the coach's fault that I'm throwing picks. It's not the coach's fault that we're fumbling the ball. You know, or um, or missing blocks, missing assignments. You know, that's that's on us, and we know that. You know, we're we know we can improve. We know we can get better. So, you know, regardless of what the coaches put us in, you know, we, we believe in them, and now then it's up to us to execute. So, um, you know, I. I put that pressure and that responsibility on myself. I, you know, I accept full responsibility for our for our struggles. Um, you know, so just gotta get back to work and um, you know get this thing going. Anything else? Okay, thanks, guys. All right, to so linebackers Grant Jones, Adam Pulsifer next as we continue here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Right back down to the press conference room where linebackers Grant Jones and Adam Pulsifer are at the podium. Adam, what's the linebacking core been like? Because you guys have had to shuffle guys around, people have come from safety, Grant's coming over from wide receiver. What's that been like to be part of that linebacking group? Yeah, I mean, we've we've got a lot of guys that can play. Grant's not new. He played linebacker last year. Um, You know, we've got a a lot of talented players to start with, you know, Fred and Butch. Kujay, myself, Fa'a, even Isaiah, we've got a lot of players that can play. And so I think we have a belief in our room that anyone steps in, you know, it um, doesn't matter, we can make a play. Is there a worry much of chemistry with so much kind of mixing and matching coming in with, you know, Bush getting injured and, and other guys getting injured? I don't I don't think so I think we we all you know we're all good friends off the field and that helps playing on the field we trust each other we know where where everyone's going to be at and uh, that allows allows us to make big plays like like Grant made today um, that's nothing new we see it in practice all the time Grant's range just allows them to to make big plays is the mood in the locker room after this game different than it was earlier this season at all? No. Um, obviously, we're disappointed and frustrated, but we love each other, and, and we know that tomorrow it's Mississippi State, and that's that's where we're at. The drive Boise State had at the end of the third, began the fourth, where they had four third down conversions. What was taking place there that, that gave Boise so much success? Yeah. They ran a lot of their, their shallow cross stuff. You know, they'd bring two across to kind of set a pick and then send the back on a wheel and, and bring the receiver from the other side. Um, they got that a couple times on us where, you know, we, we should have expanded a little bit more, uh, should have fought over a block, just little things uh, that, that kept the drive going. I think third down's where, where we got to pin our ears back and make big plays. Uh, you saw it a few times, but we got to do a little more. Overall, 24 points isn't that much. I mean, a lot of times that gives you a chance to win. But do you guys feel more pressure just because the offense is struggling so much? Um, no, not more pressure. We go out there to do what we do, and we love being on the field. You know, if, if something unfortunate happens, it's not we're not hanging our heads and walking out of the field disappointed. We're excited to be able to play football, and that's, that's all. The, the only thing that's on our mind while we're out there. Red Warner seemed to have been a stalwart this season, at least on defense, linebacker core in particular. What have you guys made of his play? That, that, that's who Fred is, right? Every day Fred's working, working to get better. He's watching film. Um, he's a great person to learn from. He, he's somebody that's going to be playing football for a long time. Any other questions? All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> 
All right, that was Grant Jones and Adam Pulsifer at the podium. We'll take a break. Boise State 24 and BYU 7, our final score, here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is caught! It's caught for a touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kalani Sataki will join us in the booth momentarily. We'll hear from Brian Harson, head coach of the Boise State Broncos as well, during this short time on the Cougar Locker Room Show. We'll give you defensive numbers we haven't discussed yet to this point. Uh, BYU is led defensively by Fred Warner. Uh, ten tackles, nine of them solo. Tackle numbers went uh, in descending order. Anna Pulsifer, six. Corbin Kafusi five. Troy Warner, five. Zane Anderson, four. Diane Gomoluku, four. Johnny Tapusoa, four. Sione Taki Taki, four. Uh, Braden Elbakri on special teams, three. Micah Hanneman, three. Meti Talia Uli, three. Those were the players with more than two tackles tonight. Only two tackles for loss after a nine-tackle-for-loss day in Logan. Diane Gamoliku with a tackle for loss, as well as Kairos Tonga. There's one fumble forced by Adam Pulsifer. It was not recovered by BYU. One INT, Grant Jones, which set BYU up with a 48-yard field on which BYU scored its only touchdown of the night. A couple of pass breakups, so one by Gamoliku and one by Talia Uli. And that Talia Uli play is one that he pops up in the air and Kesney Tausinga yeah. can't squeeze it. And who knows if BYU scores there and makes things interesting on a short field. Didn't happen that way. Uh, basically what BYU had going last week in Logan in terms of disruption was not there tonight. Not a lot of heat on Rippon and really no disruption to speak of beyond the big play made by Grant Jones in the first series. Yeah, Rippon gets rid of it quick, and so that's a, an advantage for them. It it does reduce the amount of pressure, but he's been sacked, I think, uh, 12 times this year, and so I think uh, teams have gotten to him before. I... I um, feel like that their run game, that was the part that I, I thought wouldn't exist tonight. They haven't run the ball very well against uh, most teams they've played. And tonight that running back was able to pick up extra yards after hitting into the line. And there were lots of people dragging and holding him and weren't able to pull him down cleanly uh, at reduced yards. And so with him picking up four to five, six yards in first down, it really set up their whole scheme that it just made them... A lot more productive. Yeah, something about which I was wrong tonight, at least my expectation going in, was that BYU uh, could run suitably well and could stop the run against a team that really hadn't done much on the ground yet this year. And there was Madison having his first 100-yard game of the year and making almost as many yards tonight as he had in the first yeah. four games uh, of this year. So BYU's 1-5 for the first time since 1973. This is Kalani Satake's second season. It was Lavelle's second season back in 73. It was his only losing season of a prolific BYU coaching career. We'll take a break. BYU falls to Boise State by a score of 24-7. to And the Kooks are out on the road. In fact, you think about this, BYU's 1-5, and and they've played four of their six home games already. They've lost three times here at home. They've played four and gone one and three, so most of what's going to happen here on out is away from home, so if they're going to get well, they're going to do it without the fans in their corner, uh, as they have here in Provo. So it's the next two weeks, back east, in the central time zone, then in the eastern time zone, in consecutive weeks with a team that is banged up, 
uh, physically and mentally right now. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more from Provo. It's the Cougar Locker Room Show, Broncos 24, Cougar 7, here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. He walks in for six. Touchdown, Cougars. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Boise's last game was a home game. Uh, Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall came in and got after the Broncos pretty well. Uh, Coach Brian Harson promised changes after that game, and we'll hear from Coach Harson coming up in our next segment about what changes were made and what they were able to get done here in uh, Provo tonight. So we continue here as we get into the uh, – well, let's do this. We will uh, take a brief break. We just had one. Kalani's here in the booth. We'll take a break, uh, wrap up our Cougar Locker Room show right now, and come back with our Cougar Postgame Coaches Show with Kalani in the booth. Oh, we're in it right now. Well, there we go. We're in the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Kalani's with us and putting on the headset here in our, our broadcast booth. Uh, Coach Harson will come up uh, later in the broadcast as uh, his Broncos defeat BYU by a score of 24-7 to tonight. Uh, Coach Satake sitting down here in our broadcast booth. And, uh, and Coach, I'm sure that you felt um, that you could – piggyback off of some positive things uh last week in logan and it didn't turn out that way tonight and uh i'm sure it's disappointing to you and the guys more so for you than anybody else and uh maybe just some opening thoughts from you on on what transpired this evening uh huge disappointment <clears throat> and so just um once again our offensive woes are causing issues all um throughout our whole team and not allowing us to um even have a chance right now so um just being honest, you know, that's that's the way I see it. And so um, the fact that we were able to do some things and uh, fail to be consistent is the the issue that I have right now um, from, from, you know, from this week, so uh, for this game. And so I, I'd like to go back and, and work and figure some things out so, uh, so we can have a chance to win. And right now, just really disappointed in the uh, in the outcome, but not disappointed in the effort, just disappointed in some of the things that uh, just offensively were inept, and that's not going to work. Do you think physically Tanner was able to do enough to lead you to where you needed to be tonight? Um, Earlier on, yeah. And and, and I'm looking to see why things didn't continue and why we weren't consistent, why we weren't able to... um, continue on that path i thought he started the first quarter really well you know and, and uh um i think he was efficient throwing the ball and, and we were marching down the field and and then the um then something just happened that 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 it just failed and uh whether that was the interception or whatever it is and we just have to go back and re, re just look at it and we have to fix things i mean this has to happen and so i'm getting, I'm getting really sick of of saying that every week and um you know we're way better than this and i'm the coach and so i have to figure it out yeah it's uh, pretty tough to be able to go into your week and prepare everything that you anticipate is going to happen see it kind of come to fruition in the first quarter but did boise state make uh, adjustments that you noticed that maybe went a little bit more man cover in that second quarter to uh, disrupt it um, a little bit, but I don't think it was. Um, I mean, there's there's a, a piece of the reason and a lot of different things. Maybe them making plays and and making some adjustments, and then us not being able to adjust to that, you know. But um, it, it felt like a ten year uh, a ten point lead was larger than it really yeah, was, you know. And um, 
Yeah. I thought we were we were doing pretty good at the line of scrimmage. We're getting some good yardage in the run game and and then um just we really, really couldn't get any consistent consistency. And whether that's um the play selection or the talent that's on the field, um we have to revisit everything and um once again we're back to it and then uh just gonna have to make some good decisions as a head coach and and uh, decide what what's going to be the best thing for for this team and best thing for us to trying to get a win. No team plays a perfect game, and it seemed that your margin for error is just getting smaller and smaller to where uh, a third down conversion is taken back by a, a block in the back. A pick gives them a short field. Uh, a short punt gives them a short field. These kind of things team team to they seem to hurt you more than most right now. Yeah, it just seems like the, you you almost expect uh, something to to mess it up, you know, and then. Uh, that can't happen. I mean, even the throw down to Micah Simon comes back on a hold, and then he just, um, you know. But that's that's on 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 us, and that's our issues and, and the mistakes that we're making, and um, and that's that's errors that we need to fix as a coaching staff, you know. And and um, that's um, that's all that's occupying my mind right now is trying to figure out a way to fix that and then create an identity that we can have on offense because it's costing the rest of the team. And, and um, you know, um, once again, we're still hearing things on defense that we need to make more plays, and that's not the defense's job is, is to find ways to score, you know. Our job is to just get out of downs. And, and he had guys um, trying to guess. I mean, I, I, the, the touchdown pass was in the post, and we had a post player that was supposed to sit sit there. And yeah. Micah decided to ju- try to jump a route. The quarterback looked him off. And that's not something that you should be doing. You know, and I, I can't blame uh, the offense for that, but I think talking to Micah, he was trying to make a play. And that's not that's not just do your job, you know. And But um, getting our guys to buy into doing their job and just and just doing their 111th that's yeah. that's how you're going to fix it same thing on the run everyone was compacted into the middle and uh, but uh you know when you get that closed in feeling like you you're talking about an offense and where you just feel like uh, we'd like to make this drive and keep those first downs going if you make one big play it kind of seems to brighten up the day you make that one big play and things kind of open up and everybody kind of gets a, a little bit of a skip and and uh, a better attitude about playing and it seems to open things up and, and that just wasn't going to happen yeah and then and, and, um i mean um yeah we couldn't connect on on some of the deep throws and and uh you know and, and it, i just had to just look at everything again and uh i've had some people mention personnel and if we're playing the right guys and at different spots and we'll, we'll look at everything um i'm, I'm going to go back to square one and, and clean slate it and try to figure out a way because you know, we have no choice but to start a new season now but also uh, try to make the best decisions to help our team and so that everyone feels comfortable with what we're doing on offense. Coach Satake with us in the booth. A few more minutes with the coach after this. This is the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Broncos 24, Cougars 7, our final here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
BYU falls at home to Boise State tonight by a score of 24-7. to Head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, is with us in our broadcast booth for a moment or two more. Uh, toward the end of this game, uh, Tanner Mangum's night ended. Uh, he played uh, through pain uh, after the ankle injury, had about four weeks of recovery time, put him out there well-wrapped, and he gave you almost an entire game. Toward the end of the game, Coach, you wanted to make a change. Uh, tell us your thinking on bringing in Joe Critchlow and what that means for the future of the position the rest of this season at quarterback. Um, well, I, I, I mentioned you know going through a clean slate, and that that's a that's every position, you know. But um, and playing the right personnel, and and, and um, not sure if playing a hurt Tanner was the best thing for us, you know, or a, a guy a, a quarterback that's not hundred percent, but. The issues and the the bad plays weren't because of the ankle injury. Um, it was be because of bad throws. And so, um, you know, we have to just look at everything. And I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't think that we needed to revisit every decision and every um, position on the team. And so... I mentioned to you defensively we knew some of the issues that we had. Mr. Simons gave up some big plays and, um, you know, Mr. Simons on some third downs and bad coverage gave up some third downs on that, on that, on the long drive. And so the, the, the touchdowns that we gave up, we understood. Uh, offensively, um, I keep saying I have to go back and look at it. And, um, so that's not, uh, uh, defensively, you know, right away offensively, we got to figure things out. And so, um, and that's everything from top to bottom, you know, from um, everything. I mean, I, I don't know how else to say it other than that. Would your intention right now be to get Tanner ready again to go at Mississippi State next week, or does Joe coming in mean that you're going to try and get Joe ready to be the guy and let Tanner have more time to, to get healthy? Well, I, th- I think the, the the thought was to redshirt Joe and Cody Wilstead, you know, Joe Crystal and Cody Wilstead, guys that are um, – Still, that returned from the missions uh, not long ago, but um, you know that that it's midseason now, so they, they they've had some training, and um, I think I think we want to have them working with the offense, but uh, in case that Tanner can't go, but I mean um, we, we'll have to look at, at the decision that Tanner made as well. I mean that's not I'm not sitting here telling you that he played lights out, yeah. you know, and so but he does throw an, enough good plays in there to to see that. You wonder, man, is that going to happen? But then you get a couple of those that are inconsistent. Yeah, and then and, and turnovers. Yeah, <laughs> that's turnovers. still an issue. Sure. So uh, I'm just not going to keep going through the same stuff over and over and over again. And the deja vu stuff's got to end. So one way or another, it's it's it's. I'm not that patient, you know. So um, things need to change. Either either. Performance needs to be better, or personnel, and that's with every pers- every uh, position. But um, just uh, this is after the game, and, and frustrated, and, and we have seven points on the scoreboard, and not able to do much offensively. Um, and so I'm I'm frustrated, but uh, but at the same time, I want to I want to get to work, and I want to figure things out, and I have to have things that are open. I mean, I have to be open to everything. I mm-hmm. uh, I know you don't like talking about them, and talking about them as explanations or excuses, however you want to describe it, but injuries have been a big part of what has happened uh, to this team through six games, hasn't it? Well, we've had a high number of injuries, and um, but I mean, I, 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 
I think that's an easy cop-out for, for a coach to do that, so I'm not going to do that, you know, but I, I will acknowledge that some guys aren't in there, but that's a, um, that's part of football, and um, sometimes there are more... Um, there, there are more injuries than other years, and this year happens to be one. I mean, but last year we had Jamal go down, you know, and and yeah. um, we had to we had to respond without him a few games, and um, that that's happening now. But I, I, I don't know what else to say other than we have to keep working on our younger guys being able to step up and make plays, and you know we had a number of guys go down again tonight, but that that seems to happen every week, and. Um, we we have to really go to our depth, and that's part of the game of football. Coach, they had a I thought a really good receiver that Cedric Wilson. Uh, Cedric Wilson uh, was a he's a stud. Uh, did you do anything specifically to uh, kind of minimize his success tonight because he uh, ended up with just three catches? I, I give a lot of credit to the corners. I thought they played. Uh, we put them out on the island quite a bit, and I thought they played pretty good. You know. Um, like I said, I think go back to the to the film, but I I thought thought their quarterback did a good job of spreading the ball out, mm-hmm. you know, and and um, at other times they've been able to go to him um, consistently, and uh, when we were able to take him away, they had another option, and um, uh, that's what a good offense does, you know, they're, they're able to if you take something away and if you defend it well, then they have another option to go to, and that's hey, credit to Boise for doing that. Okay, one and five on the year, and in SEC country next week to take on Mississippi State. Your thoughts on the week ahead for you guys? Yeah, we have an extra day, so we're going to utilize all the time. We're going to go to work tomorrow, have the players come in, and um, put this this uh, game away and learn from it, and then start competing and start working for the next one. And uh, you know, we're on the road and in, in, in Mississippi, and. Um, it's a game at noon, yeah. right, I believe, and so... 11. Uh, 11 their time, 10 our time, noon Eastern. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah so yeah. It, it'll happen quick, you know, so it'll be on us real, real quick. We'll, and uh, so we'll get out there Friday um, as soon as we can and then and then uh, play the game Saturday and, and be on our way back. So um, in that in, in next week's prep, we have to be ready to to make some, some tough decisions, some good decisions, and and really develop an identity on offense and then have a chance to win. I hate to bring up the insignificant, uh, I, but I do it all the time. <laughs> but uh, you play, you practice at 10 o'clock and 9 o'clock in the morning, and so the fact that the game is coming at approximately the same time that you've been practicing, uh, there there shouldn't be too much of a learning curve to be able to be ready to play then, do you think? Yeah, that, that I mean... Insignificant. Go ahead, just say it. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's not why we lost tonight. You know, oh no, but, no, I'm talking about next but, week though. You're, when yeah. you start that uh, early time, if it was up to me, we play every game this early, anyways. So um, our, our guys will be ready. I mean, it, it's it's you know we're looking at the times, but that's that's the last thing we're thinking about. We we have a lot of other things on the table that we need to fix, yeah. but we are grateful that we get to play the game early. Well, we know you're working hard at this thing, uh, Kalani, and wish you the best in this uh, recovery and effort and recuperation effort and uh, the getting better effort that it'll take next week. So we'll see you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Kalani. All right, uh, we'll take a break, come back here from the head coach of the Broncos and continue our coverage from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Rolling going to be in this booth two more times. Oh, man. This season. Oh, that hurts. Uh, well. We're not, we're not officially even at the halfway point yeah, of the season. Yeah, we're not quite at halfway. We're still looking at two more games to play here That happens on Wednesday, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it'll happen at halftime in Starkville is when it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, that's we'll right. We'll be halfway halftime through the season at Starkville. that Halftime in Starkville. Yeah, yeah. and uh, uh, halfway is hard, and uh, boy, it's... Uh, but uh, you look at the... It is pretty interesting to see the quality of teams that you play in the first half and the quality of the teams that you play in the second half. Uh, it's just pretty frustrating that uh, you would like to have the opportunity, as we did in our pregame when we talked about beating a Boise State, somebody of high caliber, certainly a quality team, good talent, and it's satisfying. But then uh, to beat uh, UMass, it's a win. Certainly you don't want to lose to them but you don't get that same satisfaction that you beat somebody good. challenge now is to be of the quality that you can count on some of those wins here in the latter part of the season. Hey, congratulations to Todd Christofferson. His Twitter handle is at Todd on site. He's tonight's winner of Les Olson's How Do You Cheer contest. Congratulations, Todd. And you will win a $100 Amazon gift card. And uh, that's for every home game. You simply take a fan pick and you post it with the hashtag Les Olson IT and you could be like Todd and win $100 from Amazon. And he's our... How do you cheer? Winner for tonight, Todd Christopherson at Todd on site on Twitter. Can I do that at soccer tomorrow? I think this is a football only promotion. Oh, okay, all right. But you'll be there tomorrow. It's exciting. I'll be, yeah, yeah, I'll be yeah. there. Uh, BYU and St. Mary's tomorrow. 6.30 pregame and a 7 o'clock kick as uh, the Cougars look to get back on track in the WCC. Now, is the Y lit up because homecoming? I don't remember. I think it is uh, because of homecoming. It, they don't light it every game day, do they? It is, but I was told uh, that we'd be lighting it for nighttime games when football was playing from now oh, on. okay. So that's uh, it's kind of a dual purpose this weekend. 24 to 7. Boise is the final. Uh, Boise did a winner over BYU. That is our final score. A short time ago, intern Tommy, Tommy Johnson, was in the Boise State locker room area and got post game comments from the head coach of the Broncos, Brian Harson. These are those comments now. Coach Harson beginning his post game press conference by talking about the changes he promised would be made after a home loss to Virginia and how those changes were evidenced tonight here in Provo. Well, I'll say this. One, I'm really proud of our guys uh, over the last couple weeks just coming off the game that we did, going back out there, going to work, and and working on the same exact things we work on every single week. I mean, this is not – just because we lose a game and win a game doesn't mean that we're not working on things. I think that's crazy. And what we did is we went back and we focused on what we do in practice. We focused on how we practice. We focused on why we were good in practice. And then we talked about how about we just carry over what we do in practice to the game. Simple as that. That was really what the whole message this week was. Uh, We're going to play faster up front on the O-line. We're going to play more physical because the first practice we had when we came back was fast and physical. And, you know, it's amazing when you do that and you're playing this game, if you just play fast and physical and you play like you practice and you play loose and you play um, doing the right assignments, uh, it's, it's going to show up when you go out there. So uh, we didn't make 
what we did is we we reemphasized things that we already emphasized and tried to show our guys why it's so important and to do it for four quarters. So, you know, I'm just proud of our guys that they trusted uh, that process and uh, went out there and actually did it tonight. You know, we had we ran the ball better. Um, we had a turnover early in the game. We overcame that. And, you know, it's one of those, you have a turnover early, uh, you're on the road, you know, now what's going to happen? I mean, it's just the, the silly emotions that we all go through. Well, what you do is you respond. You show back up in the next play, and you go down there, and you try to find a way to score. It's really that simple. And I'm trying to get our guys to understand when they're young, that's really all it is. It's not complicated. Uh, I thought defensively we played well. Keikoa's interception was uh, a major momentum changer. Um, Layton's interception towards the end of the game when he went out and you don't know if he's coming back in and all of a sudden he's back in, he's got the ball and he, he said it felt really good to carry the ball again and he looked good with it. So, um, you know, these guys these guys showed up tonight. Um, they played extremely hard. Uh, they played for four quarters. They wanted to win, which they've wanted to win in every single game we played and they executed better. I thought our coaches did a very good job with their planning. Um, I thought the way that they called the game and, and how we had to go out there and, and execute it uh, wasn't perfect, but you know what? It was pretty good tonight, and the communication was pretty good. So overall, we got a win on the road, uh, our first one. We're happy about that, and we're going to build from this. We've got 24 hours to, to enjoy it, and then we'll go back to work on Sunday, and then that will be the first practice towards San Diego State and finding a way to beat them. You had that stretch late in the second quarter where you got the field goal and then you got a stop and then you had that long drive to get the touchdown <clears> before <throat> half. Uh, how big was that touchdown? You know, obviously Brett's first and then Monster, you know, gets his first uh, mm -hmm. career, I believe, to kind of seem like a big momentum, you know, switch there. Yeah, it was. You know, one, one is you get a chance to score before halftime because you're not going to get that possession. And you already turned over the ball on your first possession. You know, so that's big. So that one right there, just overall in the in the in the game, was uh, extremely big for us going into halftime. Uh, for Brett and Sean, those two guys to connect on a play, um, I thought that was big. You know, that was something that I know they all were, were working on last week. Uh, not that play in particular, but just being you know they're just working on honing their craft and being better in their game. And that was a big one. You know, I was very happy for Brett getting a touchdown, very happy for Sean being able to catch a really tough ball, uh, which he's capable of doing. And, you know, right then and there, it's one of those things, and I, and I thought uh, as they came off the field, there's a nod of like, okay, you know, this is what we're capable of doing right here, and they executed it. And that's really the, the confidence that you want to have as a player. Uh, so big momentum that way coming out. Um, or excuse me, going into halftime, you know, that's where I thought our guys, uh, the mindset was great, 0-0 uh, for us when we come back out, and then they started to go play their best 30 minutes of football was the was the plan. The, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I think you guys finished with like 130 passing yards in this game. It yeah. seemed like very much a kind of, you know, get back to the basics and be physical and pound the ball and hold on to the ball and not do anything dumb and, you know, let your defense take care of things. I and mean, Was that yeah. the approach coming in, or did it just sort of play out that direction? Well, I, I think, one, it was to run the ball. That was the approach that way. Um, number two, yeah, we were concerned about their, their coverage and what they do. Number four in particular, you know, I know at, at the end of the game, and uh, he's a tremendous player, and he thought we'd throw the ball a little more towards him. And, you know, that, that guy, that's what you do, and he's a good football player. He's... Um, you know, we, we wanted to make sure that we were being 
uh, putting the ball in, in the right position, you know, on the right side of the field where we wanted to be. Um, but the ultimate goal was to run it. That was the bottom line. Run it. Let's go play great D. Um, you know, when Tanner came out as a quarterback and played, you know, that guy, uh, he makes you nervous because he's a competitor and he can throw it. And I thought, um, you know, for them, Tanner, uh, I thought he was, you know, I thought he played hard. I mean, he's a, he's a heck of a competitor and a guy that will go out there and you can see he can sling it. Um, you know, I know he's obviously hampered in, in uh, you know, what he's able to do. But uh, I thought our defense against a really good quarterback played really well tonight. And having a couple turnovers in there, uh, maybe another one that was questionable that, that we probably had a chance of getting. And, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I, don't, I don't get it, um, you know, but I, don't, I don't guess I don't see all the views. I see what I see out there, and I see it real time. And uh, there was opportunities, I thought, to have another, create another turnover that way. But, um, and the field position, I don't know what it was, but I, I think we had to have gotten the field position battle in this game, which for special teams, when we do that, we're usually pretty successful. Yeah, that was, uh, that was right. Uh, Boise State was plus 14 yards in average starting field position tonight. Uh, that was Brian Harson, head coach of Boise State. Thank you to Tommy Johnson, intern Tommy, for getting those post-game comments a short time ago. Broncos 24, BYU 7. Cougar Nation now continues after this. If you'd like to talk with us, computer talk-wise. Computer talk. Yeah, it's a hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN for BYU Cougar Nation Now. You can drop us an email. We have our own email address on the show. It's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. That's CougarNationNow, two N's there at the end of the word, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu, Mark. Maybe I should give out my phone number and I'll just take some calls. I don't think there's a need for that. Okay. I don't think there's a need for that 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 actual uh, approach tonight. Okay. But uh, 24 to 7 is our final Broncos beat the Cougs and uh, this is Cougar Nation now on the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, so back on BYU Cougar Nation now. It's uh, the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now program brought to you by BYU Dining and the BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition, have a scoop today or tonight, in this case, or this morning, as the case may be. Uh, Ryan Miller uh, on the Twitter makes a great point. Kalani began the game with his royal blue hat on. Oh. He changed to white, hoping it would change the luck of the team. It didn't work tonight. He came in here with a, with a white hat on. I'm not superstitious, but I changed all of my attire for today's game. I haven't ever worn this this year. This particular combo yeah. did not work for anybody tonight, did it? Mm-mm. Nope. Well, so uh, it's not. maybe it's not the clothing. Perhaps not. And uh, there are so many other things to look at. And, and you know, Mark, that uh, I, I, I look at three primary stats each week, and BYU's had a tough time scraping out a win in any of these main three categories. You take a look at the five-game losing streak they're in. Okay, so you have five game losing. You have five games. You've got field position, turnover margin, third downs. That's three stats in five games. That's fifteen combined stat categories total, right? So of those fifteen stat categories, three times five, BYU's had the advantage in one over five games. They had a better third down number than Utah, and that is it. In every other game, all five losses, field position disadvantage. Third down disadvantage in four of them, and turnover margin disadvantage in all five of them. You're just not giving yourself a shot. And as many things as we can, you know, zero in on and personnel and who gets the carries and this and that, as a team, B 
BYU's not doing enough of the essential things you must do to have a shot to win a game. And, and a lot of the field position does come out of special teams. Well, the great thing about the field position number is it's reflected by offense, defense, and special yeah, teams. Yeah, all three of those. Yeah. And special teams. But, but uh, so I thought there was a better opportunity in the second half that uh, BYU might be in better shape. They got bad field position to start because he kept kicking it into the end zone. And they started inside the 25 each time in the second half, except one. They got it at the... 33. But in each of those possessions, they made three first downs. Even though they didn't score, they made three first downs. So when they were punting the football, they should have been putting Boise State in negative field position. And uh, so special teams, that, that's the part that we're talking about there. So the offense does a nice job, uh, gets the ball out to midfield, punts the football, but it starts. Uh, they start at the 20, well, in the 18, and then they got the ball at the 50-yard line when they got it on down. So that 50-yard line makes a huge difference in the field position start. The offense had just 12 first downs on the night. Mm-hmm. 18 for them. 19. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks. 19 for Boise, 12 for BYU. But, again, the, the, the most basic things that have to get done uh, have not been getting done uh, this season for BYU. And, uh Man alive, we, we, we both like Kalani so much and uh, feel bad for him uh, because of what's happening to him every week that he has to come in here and, and say a lot of the same things. That yeah. he, that he, and, and, and he wishes that the, that, that the things he was sharing had a tone of difference to them. But it's kind of a, it's a broken record right now for Kalani in what he's having to uh, reflect on week to week right now. You're not seeing, you're seeing little blips of progress. Like last week, I thought you could say in the trenches was where BYU played well and should have done better because of how well they played O-line, D-line. And tonight, uh, the D-line doesn't get any pressure, uh, no sacks, very few tackles for loss, and a lot of disruption, that kind of step back. And the O-line, which did well last week, allowing zero sacks and blocking well for a 200-yard rushing game. Well, tonight, now, t- I'm sorry, tonight... Uh, there was not the rush push, and granted, it was a different type of feel, and there was a lot more throwing down the, the margin they were. It just didn't feel like both lines were able to say they they followed up what happened in Logan with another step forward. Yeah. You know, and, and I did like that they ran for 200 yards last week, but on the other hand, they weren't going to throw the football. And so the there was a stretch, they weren't going to throw it, yeah, they, they, they just so they had to it. run it. Yeah, so and there was a stretch were, last week where they, they ran, went of 33 plays. They had runs on 30 of them. And I think they ran 44 times in the game, yeah. which is an abnormally large number, when uh, today they ran 23 times. And so he did comment, Coach Sataki did comment that uh, why wasn't the running back getting 20 carries? You know, why? Uh, what's going on? And so he wants to see more of that type of attack. Uh, Boise State really did execute a very solid game plan in the second half, particularly, where they ran first, ran second. And if they had to pick up three or four yards on, on third down, they were able to do that. And they had some pass plays that were successful and a good execution on those plays. And that's what you want to kind of be able to do because you kill the clock, you take the field position, you uh, end up getting a, a field goal or something, and uh, in doing so, you take control of the game. And isn't it interesting that um, Ty Detmer, as offensive coordinator, presided over an offense last year that was one of the best in the country at ball control. Uh, ball security was very good, generally speaking, and time of possession was the best it had been at BYU in 30 years. Yeah. So th- that was the offense. And this year, same coordinator, 
same ultimate approach, ideally, and it's just not happening. They've had, they haven't had the possession time edge in any game yet this season, but you lose two guys to the NFL, and you're not replacing them with two guys of that caliber, and that seems to have meant everything to this point with this team. It's almost like Ty, or rather Taysom and Jamal, were it covered. Um, you know, I think they even covered up the weaknesses in the offensive line. And so you're having to do more with less, and it hasn't happened to this point. So many things that were strengths for BYU last year have been exposed as weaknesses this year. Mm-hmm. Um, possession time being one, turnover margin being another, third downs being another, and on and on we go. Don't uh, you just remember and love how in the second half when Jamal was just a little bit frustrated at how things were going and he just hammered into the line of scrimmage, just powered into there and would just drag for five or six yards and get up and, you know, yeah, be excited about it. And everybody got a little bit pumped up about it. It was it was powerful. Whether it was third and three, third and four, or third and five, you felt that as long as Taysom and Jamal were in the backfield, one of those guys was going to get you right. to the line. It hasn't been that case yeah, this year. That's it. Vance Johnson, uh, using hashtag CNN, asks the question, did Mark offer Coach Kalani a hug off the air? He sounds like he could use one. Yeah, you know. You guys, you guys didn't hug. I patted him on the back. Yeah. So I did give him that, and uh, uh, I was trying to be the father figure. Jared Oldham, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, says, uh, Mangum said they wanted to keep him safe by going to Critchlow late. Kalani made it sound like Mangum wouldn't be starting next week. What was his quarterback rating, speaking of Mangum? And it was 842 tonight, south of his 96.4, which, which you came into tonight. And we, we, we approached it with Kalani, what the Critchlow decision meant. And I don't know that he um, well, explicitly said what was going to happen next sure. week, but you, you got the sense that uh, um, he's going to get both guys ready to go. And if Tanner's not showing a really strong physical aptitude here in the next few days, they'll, they'll start leaning a different At least that was how I read it. Did you read it the same way? Yeah, I did. Uh, but I also wanted to mention that uh, Coach told him that they wanted to protect him in those last Good few point. plays. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't just uh, Tanner saying, oh, I was." they were taking care of me. So uh, I do think, though, that uh, Kalani was pretty much saying, we're going to take a look. When he when he was talking about, uh, we're going to look at everything. He said we're blank slating it. Yeah. When he's talking everything, I think they, he's talking about everything. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to ask the question to Mark Lyons. By the way, we're gonna, we, we've given Nate um, the evening off for the rest of the night. Uh, Nate has a family situation uh, uh, to which he's attending, and he's fine. It's okay, but he has he had to 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 not be a part of Cougar Nation now for that reason. So we uh, we offer Nate our best wishes. We'll see him in Starkville next week. So Mark and I will take it the rest of the way. We'll ask Mark when we come back the question: What is BYU doing well, or who for BYU is playing well enough that Kalani can, in his blank slate process, say? Let's zero in on this thing or this guy as as a, as central to our identity we want to establish here in the latter part of the season. We'll ask that question next. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. You can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. That's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Emails are piling in and tweets are coming in. We'll talk with you about that after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All 
All right, so welcome back to BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu on the email, and via the email, SK Hansen, 1026, sending in this note. Which offensive coaches are in the box, and what are your thoughts on Ty Detmer coaching from the field? Would he be more beneficial uh, from the box? And here's your answer on who's in the box and who's not. The only full-time staffer, the only full-time coach in the booth, is Steve Clark, tight ends coach. The GAs are all in the booth with Steve. That's Jan Jorgensen and Vince Fayula on defense, Dallas Reynolds and Harvey Unga on offense. Every other coach is on the field. Mark, do you have any thoughts whatsoever on Ty Detmer as OC and his perspective, field versus booth? Well, having been a play caller uh, in high school coaching, Uh, I really like being on the field because you feel the game. You get a chance to talk to the quarterbacks. You get a chance to talk to your uh, everybody that's out there. You're going to make a change, and you get to talk to everybody at once. And you're the one doing the talking. You're the guy that talks to them in practice all week, and you're the guy that's doing the talking. However, uh, one year uh, I went into the booth, and we went to the state finals. And it was so much better to be able to see the field from up on top and see what was going on. And you you saw that the safety was uh, cheating in on this play, and so you could get this play to beat him. And, and it would. You would. It was, like, fun. <laughs> and so um, you do see more, but you miss the hands-on opportunity to talk to those players and uh, kind of settle everybody down and tell them you can do this and you're the guy that's going to try and build. You know, I am. Uh, so, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, there are advantages to both. And uh, it becomes a personal preference. Uh, I think he might try it. But Robert and I was going to be on the field. And so uh, he also felt the same situation that he wanted to be able to get the feeling of the game, what was going on. You do miss the uh, going on and guys that are coming off uh, sweaty and hurt and stuff like that. Denise uh, emails in wondering why Matt Hadley didn't play, and Matt was uh, and has been banged up, and tonight was a night where he couldn't go. And so when you think about it, uh, no Matt Hadley, uh, no Butch Pau, uh, no Francis Bernard going back further. Uh, yeah. He's missing some playmakers right now. Yeah, some, some people. They, they are. They're missing a lot of good people. I, I did want to mention on the coach part, um, Every, I'm not sure that BYU has a guy that gets after people. Not that it's the most important thing in the world, but sometimes it takes somebody to, to get after you a little bit to get your mind right. And uh, I, I don't know that uh, they have a Roger French kind of a guy uh, out there. And so uh, I do think that uh, when you talk about the guys that are on the field and they're, they're their demeanor is set, and, and they're kind of controlling, and they're uh, encouraging, but there's nobody out there uh, kind of uh, creating a little bit of fear. A little havoc. Uh, I do, I'm, I'm not going to forget the question I teased before the break uh, that I'm going to post to you in a moment, but a couple more uh, sent-in comments from uh, Twitter and email before we get to your answer. Uh, Brad Garner, who says he's from Rexburg but attended the game tonight in Provo, says, Greg and Mark, what are your thoughts about why the coaches waited until the last two minutes to put Joe Critchlow in the game? If they decided to burn his red shirt, maybe they should have put him in sooner. Your thoughts? 
pretty hard to read their minds. Uh, it's happened before. And it is burned now. The fact is, is regardless of when he came in tonight, he's going to keep playing. That's right. He's he's used that, and, and it doesn't matter that it's only one game, and let's say he didn't play another game. He's used his red shirt up, and it's gone. But uh, I, I do think that it's kind of a mental thing now to tell Joe, you've been in the game, you're part of the team, and you have to get ready to play. Whereas always before, he's been a red shirt. Uh, when I was, uh, BYU always traveled with three quarterbacks when I was there, and I was a red shirt, and I was the third quarterback. And I hate to say this out loud, but road trips were pretty fun <laughs> because there was no fear that I was going to be in the game. There was no way that I was going to end up playing. And so you were just there for the learning experience of being on the road and watching your quarterbacks in front of you. So uh, now, uh, had they put me into the football game one time, all of a sudden that changes my attitude uh, rather uh, explicitly. And so I think that uh, now he recognizes the red shirt's gone, you're part of this group, and you've got to be ready to play. It changes his mental attitude. The fact that they put him in at the end of the game, I still think that uh, they could have done it probably a, a series before, but it's just to put him in at the end of the game. Now, Kalani said we just wanted to see what he could do. Um, in four plays, you're not going to get a real good idea of what he's going to do. But uh, I do think that it was just to tell him and let him know, get ready to play, son, because there's a good chance it's going to happen. And uh, Topher, uh, Ph.D. on Twitter, tweeted in uh, asking about Bo Hodge. And if both were cleared, would Bo, say, slip in ahead of Tanner? And then Joe is also in the mix. And I, I don't know. It, it, Bo's just not being talked about. And it's almost like I think they're going to give him some time to really heal up. I, I, I just don't know that he's really in the mix right now. And we didn't ask specifically about him. But my sense is uh, Bo is going to be given some time. Uh, just, and that's, just, that's my informal reading of the situation. And you, they don't tell us. Yeah, right. they don't let us know, and, and you know they don't tell anybody about the injuries. And so, uh, the fact that Bo was a player, and I really felt he had the opportunity to lead uh, BYU to a win over Utah State. So uh, he is part of the opportunities that you know he's part of the opportunity to be a quarterback. But right now, I think that uh, they aren't considering him because uh, he must have had a serious injury. Lance Prophet on the email asks, why so few carries for number five, Ula yeah. Tolutau? And at Chaplain Schumann says, it seems like BYU could have rushed for twice as many yards. What do you think? And that leads me to the restatement of the question to you as I tell you that Ula Tolutau had nine carries, 38 yards, touchdown, average of 4.2 long of eight tonight. Not eye-popping numbers, but the number that jumps out is nine carries. And as Kalani clean slates it, and as I pose to you the question, what does BYU do well and who's played well enough to be central to BYU's identity moving forward, I think we look at Ula as being somebody you could start to grind a bit. Yep. And, and, and so let's now throw it to you. What is BYU doing well enough and is Ula part of your plans like I think he might be for Kalani and would be in mine? Kalani said tonight, I thought it was on the air, was it during a break? Yeah, he was saying. Anyway, he was expecting uh, Ula to get... A lot more carries. So he's not on the slate. Even though he says it's a clean slate, he's a guy that thinks uh, he thinks can carry the load. He thinks he's a guy that we have to kind of uh, build on, and we're going to be able to use him. And, uh, th th you know, there were too many times that you ran Ula and he gained two. And so by gaining two, it's not just Ula 
uh, it's not his problem. It's the offensive line who's not getting the job done, and it's also the defense that you're facing. But the offensive line, that's my question. We've heard many times there's an awful lot of depth on the offensive line. But they've only played five guys. Yeah. And again, tonight, there are no substitutes in the offensive line. And so um, the fact now, that... Now, now I, I, I say that. I saw Hoyt kind of limp off one time. I, I say they've only played five guys. I know they've only started five guys all year. And I don't know that I've seen yeah. or noticed subs. There may have been for a play or two. So I don't want to be totally 100% on that. But I know that they've started the same five guys every game. And I'm trying to pay attention to that because yeah. that's one of the things I'm kind of uh, concerned about. But as I look through all of the people that were supposedly in the game tonight, subs are not on the there line. weren't any offensive linemen that were that were made in changes. And so I think that there, uh, if there is a lot of talent and there is, uh, you talked about how do you gain depth, you put in one of those guys and let him play with the other four so that he's only one, and then he gets that experience. Right now, they don't have many people that have got a lot of experience in playing in game situations, and so their depth is less. And I think that they needed to do that, and I think that also might help in their offensive line play. If there was uh, some consideration that, hey, this guy is all of a sudden pushing me and he's taking some of my time out there on the field, you get all of a sudden some guys saying, I'm not letting him have any more time on the field. I'm going to be a little bit better out there. I'm going to work a little bit harder. And the guy that's in back is saying, if I work a little bit harder, they're letting me out there on the field. I get a chance to play. And I think that kind of pushes both of those guys to the point that it gives them an opportunity to improve their skills. Okay. So uh, so offensive line, I think, should be on that slate. Okay. Uh, Ula, you say give a little more he's work He's okay. To. Yeah, he's going to be okay. So he's one of the things they're doing well when they use him. Anything uh-huh. else that jumps out to you? Uh, I, I'm okay with the catch that Bo Tanner made. It uh, makes me think he can play. And, the screen. Uh, yeah. No, though, last year in the, oh, the, tu- last oh, the, week the touchdown. the touchdown catch against uh, Utah yeah. State. I think Mike Assignment is a player, and I think he should have that opportunity to be there. I am. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but there are other guys that I think haven't had an opportunity to play. So let me let me just see where I'm going. Grant Jones goes in and plays last week and plays quite well. And Grant Jones hasn't had a whole lot of experience at linebacker. And all of a sudden, here's a guy that came out of nowhere off the wide receiver group and ends up being a pretty good player against Utah State. Today he gets a pick. He didn't have a whole lot of tackles, but uh, he gets an interception. And here's a guy that uh, all of a sudden is out there on the field and playing and doing a good job. I think that there are a possibility that there are others. Akili Davis is a guy that I have seen play, and I think that he has an opportunity to be a player. Uh, but they're far enough down on the depth chart that they don't get that opportunity. And so there are certainly other positions, other people, where they could be giving them an opportunity to play, and yet they want to be set with what they're doing by this time in the year. If it's a clean slate, I think maybe you look at a couple of those guys. Well, I I, I do know that... Um Based on what Kalani has told us and the impression we get from him, um, nothing or no one is safe from inspection right now. It's going to be a, a, a real comprehensive evaluation of what is working and or not working. And Kalani, I think, will really assert himself and insert himself into whatever future game yeah. plans are going to be now, devised. That's what, that's what I'm curious about. 
is when does Kalani finally say, I've got to look over this guy's shoulder, and uh, I'm talking about a coach, and uh, look over the shoulder and say, uh, I'm going to give you this direction to work on. Now, I didn't like Lou Holtz doing that when Lou Holtz was, uh, I don't think it was Notre Dame, but he, he, he went and helped in an area that was weak on the team. And that next week, they performed better. And he was crowing like, yeah, I went and worked with those guys this week, and we took care of that problem. <laughs> you know. And, uh, but uh, let me just throw Riley Bird out there. Now, Riley hasn't had a chance. He got two plays tonight. And uh, I do think that uh, Riley Burt is a, uh, he has skills enough that he should have an opportunity to see the field. And now that they've cleared him medically and everything seems to be okay, I'm curious to see that if he gets a few more carries and a little more work. I did like the check down route that they threw to uh, uh, die tonight. Uh, I think since since the quarterback can't run the football like Taysom did, the check down route should be that kind of uh, situation. It allows that. Uh, it, you get the same opportunity to have that running back be the runner instead of the quarterback. So I thought that they were doing some good things. I uh, We saw a couple new plays that didn't work necessarily, but uh, I liked seeing that there were new plays and they were taking a shot. And I think ultimately the biggest overarching question is, do they think that the, tide, uh, the Tanner Mangum they saw tonight can be physically any better one week from tomorrow? Will give them any better chance to do more things on offense, giving him a week, another week of practice and rehab and everything that goes along with it? Or do they say, do they reach a point some point in the week where they go, you know what? Let's give Tanner another week or two to really, really get well, and we'll get the other kid ready to go. Yeah, and I think there's merit in that. And the fact that Kalani uh, respected Tanner's request to play against Boise State, I thought I compliment him for that. But he did, he did tell us on the air, I think it was on the air, he said, Looking back, I don't know if it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I know. Uh, Tanner made some really good plays tonight. He did. And and he, he makes enough good plays, I mean, that are really good plays that make you think, this kid can play. This He's okay. And then he does make a, a couple of mistakes that uh, right now Kalani can't deal with any longer because there were just so many turnovers last week. And, again, a turnover uh, affected the, the maybe – not the total outcome, but it affected one of their drives to score that would have helped them to win this game. So uh, he's really on to this idea that we just can't have no more turnovers. And this, uh, maybe I shouldn't be so um, blown away or attracted to this particular stat, but BYU and Boise just played a game. These are two teams with uh, historically uh, productive offenses or innovative offenses or at least high-scoring games generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The long play... Yeah, the long play for both teams combined tonight was 24 yards. 24 yards. Sean Modster caught a 24-yard touchdown, and Matt Bushman caught a 24-yard ball downfield, and that is it. There was nothing over 24 yards from either team all game. That to me was um, well, very interesting. And and BYU's long run of the night, long run nine yards. Yeah, that's. That's tough. Uh, I do think that Boise State uh, really was in control with their, uh, you know, their pass game underneath and in the middle against BYU zone. Hey, let's um, let's give somebody some ice oh, cream and man. then get out of here. Ice cream. All right. So it's a BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, as you know. 
It's sponsored by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. So I'm going to make an appeal right now to Cougar Nation to send us their responses to the following skill testing trivia question. The first correct one will win two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. And here's tonight's question. There are two BYU players and only two BYU players who have receptions in every game this season. Who are they? Give me the two BYU players who this season have at least one reception in every game this season. So two BYU players have caught at least one ball in every game this year. Who are those two guys? Give me the two names and be first to do it, and you'll win two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. You'd have to call them our go-to guys. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it's actually two of them. So they're yeah. the go-to guys. Yeah. yeah, there we go. All right, so two BYU players have catches in every game this season. Who are they? First correct answer with the uh, hashtag BYUCNN or just at Greg Grubel or email to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. We'll have ourselves uh, we'll have ourselves a winner. And look at this. We have ourselves a winner. Wow. Wow, that was quick. That was fast. I barely got the words out of my mouth. So I'll congratulate the winner after this. We'll take a break. Our final break, we're going to come back, uh, give away ice cream to the official person, and then say so long. BYU falls to Boise State tonight, 24-7. to The Ags, or the uh, Broncos, as the Ags did last week, got on a roll against BYU and went on, a, went on a, a long run of points that was uninterrupted tonight, 24 straight, to win it by a score of 24-7. to We're back after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Congratulations to Christine Garner. She guesses correctly that the uh, two BYU players we wanted to identify in tonight's skill testing inside scoop trivia question were Matt Bushman and Talon Shumway. Oh, many Shumway. answers came in. Many answers came in, but not too many correct answers tonight. And Christine Garner was first with the answer Bushman and Shumway. They've each had catches in every game this season. And Shumway left tonight's game relatively early in the game, did not return, but he did get a grab while he was on the field. And uh, tonight's seven catches by Matt Bushman represent a season high for any BYU player in any game this season. Bushman did lead BYU seven catches, 65 yards. He was the game's leading receiver. So many times BYU's played Boise, and Boise's had some crazy number of a receiver, hundreds of yards and catches, and BYU had the leading receiver tonight, seven for 65 from uh, Matt Bushman. So congrats, Christine Garner. I'll be in touch with you about how to get your two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. All right, Nate, Mickle, wherever you are tonight, uh, safe travels and best wishes to you. We will reconnect in Starkville. Yeah. And so one week from tomorrow, we'll have BYU and Mississippi State from the home of the Cowbells. It'll be an 8 a.m. Mountain Time pregame. 8 a.m. Mountain Time pregame. <laughs> we'll be and a 10, and a 10 a.m. Mountain Time kick, which will be 11 in Starkville, 12 on the East Coast. It'll be on the SEC Network television-wise, and you can hear us where you're listening to us right now on the old radio. Don't you think it would be a little bit of an advantage, though, that you practice at 10 in the morning and you're going to be playing at 10 in the morning? I recall you proposing that to Coach Satake tonight. He was all over that. He, <laughs> yeah. thought, you, he thought you hit on a great point. He thought you really uh, well, nailed Well, you it. watch and see. You just watch and see. That's the time they practice. That's the time they're going to play. It's one of those moments when you could, you, could, you could tell recognition was really hitting him that, wow, Mark has really he's figured That's this out. That's why I'm glad I premised yeah. it with being insignificant. insignificant. <laughs> so it'll be an early kick and an early pregame. And uh, 
We'll get into Stark. I, I get in sometime late Friday. I'll just have a chance to have a meal, go to sleep, and then do a game. It's going to come quick next week. I BYU think I travel with you State. this week. What? I think I travel with you this week. Are we week. on the same itinerary? That happens so, so infrequently. Because, well, because the the rental car thing. Well, I'll, I got your back. We're driving 24 miles from the airport to to uh, to Starkville on game day. And then are you going to drive me to uh, East Carolina? I'm not doing that. <laughs> if you do that, it's on your own dime. All right. Uh, let's wrap it up for tonight. We've been on the air a long time uh, as a, a crew. We were on the air at 6.15. So we've been on the air uh, seven and a half hours to this point. And we're going to say good night. Wish the night ended uh, differently than it did. But so it is. The BYU is uh, on a stretch they haven't been on in a long time. Five straight losses. Pretty surprising. Lavelle never had five straight losses. And neither did Gary Croton, and neither did Bronco Mendenhall. Five straight. So five straight hadn't happened since Tommy Hudsmith back in 1970. And That's your guy. Well, yeah, I, you know, I didn't play all of those games in 68. I will say that. Now, uh, that became a seven-game losing streak, which we're not going to talk about right now. Yeah. That's not going to happen, right? But we were part of the reason he got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but <laughs> as they say nowadays, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there it is. Yeah, it's been a while, but uh, uh, we hope that uh, things turn around sooner than later. And either way, we can look back on this hopefully someday and say, remember when things were so rough, so but they bad. got better, but yeah. they got better. So we're hoping for the get better part. Let's thank all those who made the broadcast possible. Shall we, Mark? Yeah. Who should, uh, we, who should we thank? Well, you got to... Th- uh, uh, See, I, I always, you got to go I, with Carter. I, I always handle this, don't I? Yeah, and yeah, you do. You got to go with Carter. And you got to go with Carter. Go with so, Barry. So, so hang on. So we'll go Carter Malloy. Mm-hmm. He is our control board operator back east. It's two hours later there, so it's a three forty-one in the morning. And Carter is the man in our ear all night long. He just loves us spewing on and on and on, right? Like this time or not? You know what? <laughs> That's I, why I, we ought to go one I more segment. I imagine Carter at this time. <laughs> it's nothing but one gigantic eye roll for like an hour <laughs> back there. But uh, Carter's our guys. We thank him. Who else yep. we thank? Barry Squires. Barry Squires is our football chief engineer. Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Can I give kudos to our our, uh, our suits, the suits, Dave Shook, our coordinating producer, and Mike Tingle, our network manager? Yeah. We'll do that, the suits. All yeah, right. and Jason Shepard. Jason Shepard's in the studio. That's another guy we thank. He's mm-hmm. our studio host. Fantastic job by Shep. And we've got Ralph and Doug. We've got Ralph and Doug. We've got the stats guy and the spotter. They're in the booth with us. We love those guys. A guy you don't know is Cole Wissinger. He's over at uh, BYU Radio, and he's the BYU Radio board op, and he, uh, he, he makes sure we're on the air there. And then he records all the audio and posts it on SoundCloud and, uh, and gets it all done on the podcast. So it, thanks to Cole. Your intern... Intern Tommy, Tommy Johnson. Tommy was going to go with Tommy. Oh, man, that was good. I, and then Tommy, uh, bless his heart, he's, uh, he's a Wolverine. He's a UVU kid. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh. So good. he he he's, he he studies at UVU and then he makes the commute over here to help out at BYU. And Is he new Tommy, for you? What's that? Is he new for you? I haven't seen Tommy uh, this fall. He's he's new in this oh, semester. Okay. Yeah. All right. Tommy's kind of a neighbor of mine ish in Cedar Hills. I get it. Yeah. But we didn't know yeah. each other. It's oh, not yeah, like he's right, it's not like right, it's right. like a, an inside deal or anything. Uh-huh. He earned it on his merits. So intern Tommy Johnson was here. Intern Emma was over at BYU Radio tonight. Emma Latin. Oh, good. She's a lacrosse yeah. player. Here at she's BYU. A, she's a lacrosse. She's a lacrosse. <laughs> Nate Mickle. Nate Mickle's our sideline guy. 
And he's uh, on the road right now, uh, I think, heading to Idaho, take care of some family stuff. And, again, we wish him all the best. Missed him on Cougar Nation now, of course. But Nate does the sidelines and does pregame and is uh, as good as they come. And pretty soon you're going to say goodnight, Mark. I think we've thanked everybody, haven't we? I think that. Well, now you having me do this is kind of a risky business. That was that, but uh, yeah, we hit all. I think we hit all the main people. Appreciation to to network affiliates, uh, Utah and Idaho, and uh, all the good people out there in Cougar Nation. We have to thank the listeners, the most important people of all. Yo, tell me that story about a fan and a spectator. What was that? Oh, um, spectators. No, sorry. Fans truly suffer. Spectators merely watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, be a fan. Don't be a spectator. Yeah. And being a fan and suffering means persevering, too. Hanging in there. Yeah. I like that. I because, like that. you know, a spectator, if he watches, I mean, it also means he'll stop watching. You know, and, and, and don't be that person. Be a fan. Suffer. Persevere. Hang in there. It'll get better. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it uh, for all of us. So, uh, and Mark, way to go. I thought you handled the uh, thank yous really well there. <laughs> well, you know what we didn't thank? We didn't thank the BYU sports information staff, media relations staff, Duff Tittle, Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, Jenny Wheeler, all those good folks. They really They're good. They They're really fantastic. are good. They help us a lot. A, very, a, a great deal. I should make a plug for a couple of things we'll have on the radio next week. Uh, the Coordinator's Corner radio show Monday from 12 to 1 at JCW's. Coach Detmer, Coach Lamb this week. Tuesday. BYU football with Kalani Sitake. It's at the BYU TV Studio C Studios uh, Tuesday from 6 to 7. Hope to see you there for that. Seats, uh, you can request them starting Monday morning at 11 a.m. And then I'll have my Behind the Mic with Greg Grubel radio show Wednesday night on BYU Radio. And then uh, some soccer on Thursday. Then we'll travel to Starkville on Friday. Then football and soccer on Saturday. Oh. I'll be with you from Mississippi State and BYU, and Jason Shepard will be out in San Francisco for BYU and USF on the pitch. So it's a jam-packed week, week next week. You know, last week I told you, didn't I, that we drove the coast as far as we could? And you did, went California up to San coast. Francisco. Yeah. We drove by um, San Francisco, University of San Francisco. Beautiful setting, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Up there on the hilltop. Yeah. And we also drove through Malibu. So, Where Pepperdine is. Yeah, right there at Pepperdine. In the heart of the West Coast Conference. Yeah. All right, so that's all happening next week. And we're in Santa Clara. I didn't see Santa Clara, though. It's a little harder to get to. Um, Tomorrow, it's BYU women's soccer as well. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock kick for BYU and St. Mary's. I'll be on the air with Paige Hunt. Uh, Paige Hunt Barker doing that game. What, what's 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 causing you to laugh? I feel bad that we were saying, "Oh, sorry, Carter, that we're still talking, oh. and now we're still talking." <laughs> Again, he's still rolling his eyes back east. All right, we should say so long. That was kind of a long goodbye. It was the long goodbye, and uh, we are really done now. We're really officially done. Final score is BYU falling to Boise State by a margin of twenty-four to seven. Next week, BYU and Mississippi State, 8 a.m. pregame, mountain, uh, 8 a.m. pregame, mountain time, 10 a.m. kick, mountain time. So until then, but with all that other stuff in between, I'm Greg Rubel for all the aforementioned saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.